The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to The Vault Podcast. Classic Music Reviews, presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and The Crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of The Vault Podcast, Classic Music Reviews. Presented by IV Creative, it's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective you could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, Peacock, and continue shout-outs to all the listeners and fans out there. Thank you so much for all of your support of the show. Guys, thank you all for spreading the word out there and continuing to visit us on social media. We thank you so much for your support. We cannot do any of this without you all. Thank you again for a great start for 2023. We are so grateful for everything that you've done and for all of your support and love. We continue to bring you great content and we want to give you even more. Guys, be on the lookout for some of the things we have going out here. Make sure you're plugged in to all of our platforms to know what we have going on so that you don't miss out on anything. As a reminder, you can check us out on our website at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. You can go there to check out our past episodes, leave a review, also leave a voice note. You can also visit our Buy Me A Coffee page to leave a monetary donation to support the show. You can get to all of our streaming sources from there, all of our social media stations, and as well as our YouTube page. Make sure you're following, make sure you're rating, make sure you're reviewing and subscribing on the podcast platform of your choice, and also following us on social media. And make sure that you're clicking those notifications so that you're, you're up to date with everything that we have going on in this busy year of 2023. As we always like to say here on The Vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics or MBTC. And we are concluding our year in review series with the last year that we will cover on The Vault. And that is the year of 2003. As you know, we've been reviewing the years that we're covering here on The Vault this year. That's 1993, 1998, and 2003. Looking back at albums released 20, 25, and 30 years ago. And we're closing this out with the last of the years, 2003. We take a look at some of the highlights, some of the world headlines, some of the news stories, of course, as well, to give you an idea what the atmosphere was like during that year. And of course, we wrap it up with talking about the best albums during that year, too. So strap in. This is the last year. Let's take a look at the year of 2003. Well, without a question, the biggest news story that year of 2003, and at this time, I was a junior in college at Morgan State. The biggest news story was the beginning of the war in Iraq, the second war, U.S.'s invasion in Iraq and Operation Iraqi Freedom beginning in March of 2003. Now, this was an escalation of things that have been leading up from the previous year, where the U.S. had pretty much told Saddam Hussein to step down as dictator of Iraq. And if he did not, then we would take military escalation. Well, he did not, and so we did. 
Now, folks thought that this would be sort of a quick turnaround and victory, sort of like the way that the first Gulf War was back in 1990 and 91, but it wasn't. What ended up happening was a years, years long occupation of Iraq, which led to the death of a lot of Iraqi civilians, a lot of Iraqi military. It led to the capture and killing of not only Saddam Hussein, but his sons and not to also mention the death of lots of military personnel. And for those, of course, who know, the big controversy around the U.S. invasion in Iraq was based off the fact that they were entering Iraq because Iraq had weapons of mass destruction, okay? One of the buzzwords of 2003 was weapons of mass destruction. And uh, we turned to find out that actually a lot of it was not true, that the invasion in Iraq actually probably had nothing to do with weapons of mass destruction that weren't there. And now what we had was a situation where lots of military personnel, millions of Iraqis died as well. And also coalition forces from other countries died as well, fighting an operation Iraqi freedom. And I want to say a decade or so afterward is when they finally pulled troops out of Iraq. And that ended after close to a decade or so also happening in 2003, the beloved television character that many people from my youth, Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers, passed away at the age of 74 due to complications from cancer. And <laughs> this was the time that, you know, hey, Mr. Rogers was a part of all of our childhoods. And for those of us who grew up during that time, watching him on PBS and those public access channels, it was a part of our childhood sort of getting stripped away. At this time, I was 21 years old. And it's like you're starting to see that now these relics from your childhood are starting to end. And when you get to the point where, you know, a lot of those programs started to end, Mr. Rogers was off the air. He had died. Saturday morning cartoons were no more. So you're starting to realize, okay, we're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. So, yeah, it's crazy. Him passing away at the age of 74. In 2003, the website MySpace launches. (laughs) And for those of you who were down and on the Internet during that time, MySpace was huge. It launched and really was the precursor to so many different other sites that launched. In particular, a site that would launch not even a year later, which became one of the biggest websites in the world. You know it is Facebook, but MySpace was there before Facebook was. And MySpace was a tool, really, that started out just as a independent music distribution sort of discovery site where a lot of bands put their music up. It then turned into a social network where there were profiles. So many of us who started in social media started on MySpace. I mean, for those, of course, who were, I would say, later Gen Y or millennials started on MySpace. Some of us from my generation, we started on Black Planet. So just a lot of nostalgia. But MySpace started 20 years ago. In the NBA Finals, the San Antonio Spurs won over the New Jersey Nets 4-2. This was their second title within about five years or so. They won in 1999. They won again in 2003. The San Antonio Spurs were also the team that stopped the Los Angeles Lakers from capturing a fourth straight title in the NBA playoffs by defeating them in the Western Conference semifinals. So, yeah, crazy, crazy times in sports. Another surprising result in sports as well was the Florida Marlins defeating the New York Yankees for the second world series title. Uh, Another improbable result that many people would never thought that the Marlins would be able to be a team like the Yankees, but it happened. 
What happened later that year in September, and I remember this because my state was directly impacted by it, but Hurricane Isabel made landfall from the Atlantic into the mid-Atlantic into the Northeast. And it was the first time that I can remember there being a hurricane that actually came on land in the state of Maryland. I always thought the hurricanes were things that happened in, the, in Florida, in the Caribbean, also in some of the Carolinas, but I, they never made it that far up the Atlantic to make landfall. I was in college during that time and I actually stayed in the dorm and we didn't lose power from Isabel, but I know a lot of people who did lose power and there was lots of flooding. What happened as a result of Isabel, another hurricane made its way into Maryland and that was hurricane Irene. And that was about eight years later, but that was a big deal because it did cause a lot of damage in all the places that it land. One of the craziest news stories in 2003, California governor, Gray Davis was recalled by the voters Lots of controversy around his administration. California voters decided they had had enough. There were allegations of corruption, of course, financial mismanagement. They recalled him in an election, and that cleared the way for none other than the governor himself, Arnold Schwarzenegger, to become the governor of California. One of the more improbable things you could talk about in your bingo card for 2003 was Arnold Schwarzenegger becoming the governor of California. He went from bodybuilding star to Hollywood action star to box office star and then became the governor of California. He had two terms as the governor of California and spent some time on the head of that state, but also had some scandals, including the scandal which effectively ended his governorship, which was the scandal of the affair with the housekeeper that did lead to a child. But Arnold Schwarzenegger, though, governor of California, something that we <laughs> looked at it as crazy things back there in 2003. But moving on to the music in 2003. Now, heading into the new millennium, like we said, there are some great years that we've had that have moved into the 2000s. Lots of memorable music. If I would have to say anything about overall what the music of 2003 did, is that it made for great partying and great club music. Now, there were some great chill music, great underground. You know, if you're looking for more substantive music more than anything else, there were some things that came out that were great too. But overall, what I'd like to say about the year of 2003 is that it was a year of great club and party music. This was my first year that I was able actually to go into the clubs and drink for myself, like going and purchase alcohol. So it was a memorable year for me in that respect, because this is the first time that I was in a club setting, with the ability to be able to buy alcohol and fully experience the club as an adult. That year in 2003, man, there were so many massive hits on the radio and hip hop and in R&B. And then also that year was a big, big and massive year for reggae. And we hope to have a conversation later this year that talks about that reggae summer of 2003 and how big it was. And really how it helped to push reggae into the mainstream. This was really the first time that I heard reggae being played on the main floor and not in a quote unquote reggae room in the club. So a great year for entertainment as far as it was concerned, as far as music in the actual club. But the hip hop albums that came out during that year. The first album we're talking about is 50 Cent, Get Rich or Die Trying, released in February of that year. Man, you would not be exaggerating if you were telling people that that was the biggest album of that year. You wouldn't be, because it probably was. 50 had made the deal, was signed to Shady and Aftermath. 50 Cent had been out. He This was not his first album that he has released. A lot of people think that this was 50's debut album. 
50 had released a couple of albums prior to this, but he was mostly an underground rapper. He had been known in the hip hop scene to people beforehand, but when he had the backing of Eminem and Dr. Dre and he was with Shady and Aftermath, it really gave him the gasoline and the octane to get his engine going. And when it got going, man, did it take off. You want to talk about an album that hit the streets, hit the streets hard when 50 dropped with Wankster in 2002. Then when In the Club dropped, In the Club, one of the biggest commercial and club songs, I want to say, of the 21st century. Man, it was a huge hit. This was really the hit that got this album going. But then there were other singles that were released from this album that people loved as well. With 21 Questions, man, I mean, this was a massively big album. 50 really ran 2003. Once this album came out in February, he grabbed a hold of that industry and he didn't let go of it for at least a couple of different years. Because not only did 50 eat off of Get Rich and Die Trying, but he also then came out and pulled out G-Unit. And when he came out with G-Unit, that then set up the click, Young Buck, and also Lloyd Banks to be able to eat off of that. And then not to mention a couple of years later, the game with the documentary, yeah, 50 had the blueprint. He definitely had the blueprint to make his team work. And to make it even worse, his target on that album was none other than Murder, Inc.'s Ja Rule and Irv Gotti, which this album essentially helped to, I want to say, I don't want to say end their career, but it did definitely put a damper on their career for the rest of the time they were commercially viable. Another one of my favorite albums during this year was the beginning, I want to say, of one of the best runs out there in hip hop, and it was with Little Brothers to Listening. Fonte and Big Pooh alongside with Ninth Wonder, My introduction to Little Brother was by listening to Speed on one of those AOL music radio stations. And when I decided to dig into the album, I was completely blown away by this group from North Carolina that had bars. Their music was sensible. It was smart, but it was still just banging as hell. That Ninth Wonder production, Fonte with his bars, sort of like, you know, very sharp, big pool, very steady. And I was just like, man, these guys got something. And I became a fan after that. Little Brothers The Listening to me helped to create a phenomenon behind the two of them. And also with Night to Wonder that folks looked out for and became big fans of that group. And it all started with The Listening. An album that would definitely collect some hardware and created lots of waves in the industry was Outkast's fifth album, Speaker Box The Love Below, which was a double disc and really was a chance for each individual member of Outkast to showcase their talents. You had Speaker Box, which was the side that featured Big Boy, and The Love Below, which featured Andre 3000. Now, if you talk to a lot of hardcore Outkast fans, some of them don't like this album as much. Critically, this album was acclaimed. Both of the albums on there, Speaker Box and Love Below, were critically acclaimed. Commercially, this was huge. The hits that on this album and the ones, even the deep cuts on here that people love, was crazy. And they were validated because this album at the Grammys in 2004 cleaned up. My goodness, it cleaned up. An album that has gone diamond since then. It was a huge hit. And you talk about the Hey Yas and the way that you move, Roses and Prototypes and Ghetto Music. It was a shame because to me, I felt like this album more than anything showed that they had more in the tank. But I think the writing was on the wall that when they were releasing an album that featured them individually versus them together, we should have known that the end was near. Other album that came out during this year, probably one of the biggest albums as big, probably as Get Rich or Die Trying 
and the impact in regards to what it meant during that time was Jay-Z's The Black Album. Back then, this was being touted as Jay-Z's farewell album. This was supposed to be his retirement album. At this point, Jay-Z was saying he was going to retire from hip-hop. This was going to be his last album or as far as an individual artist, and he would move more into becoming the president of Def Jam and more into management. He would be like that executive. Well, we were expecting big things from this album, and he did not disappoint us. The singles from this as well, we talk about the run of singles, the deep album cuts, the production on this. If this was going to be Jay-Z's farewell album, to me, if you would have stopped after this, this would have been an appropriate end. But as we know, it wasn't the end for him. He then released at least, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five, six, at least four, five albums after this one. But this was supposed to be his farewell album and the Black Album tour with the Fade to Black the tour that was supposed to be his farewell tour all had some sort of like this aura around it. Like this really was the last that we were going to see Hove. This was going to be his end. And if this was going to be the end, it was an apt end. And this black album coming out really had people thinking like, yo, this is the end of Jay-Z. Like there'll be no more Jay-Z after this, even though some of us in the back of our mind were like, yeah, I don't think this dude's really going to be able to stay retired. Not from the mic, like no way, not at all. But then wrapping up some of the other albums that came out during this year, hip-hop-wise, you had Missy's This Is Not A Test, had some huge hits on there. Missy, from the end of the 90s into the 2000s, released a few projects that all just (laughs) blew the lid off commercially, what she did. I mean, at this point, she was one of the biggest stars in music, and she continued her run with this album, This Is Not A Test. You had Lil' Kim, another female MC with La Bella Mafia, The Jump Off, and Magic Stick huge hits and then Yang yang twins <laughs> me and my brother something that if some of the hip-hop purists are out there like why are you mentioning that one well i think it's appropriate because they had some huge hits during that time and when the south to me i would say in 2003 began its encroachment onto the throne of music meaning that they were going to take things over atlanta specifically Yang yang twins young bloods Lil John are all a part of that conversation. Speaking about the South, another classic album during this time, T.I. Trap Music. <laughs> now, T.I.'s debut album of I'm Serious didn't do as well, though it was a cult classic. By the time T.I. dropped Trap Music, oh yeah, the world was paying attention. And this time he grabbed our attention and didn't let go of it. This was the start of, I want to say, about a three to four year run where... T.I. had the world on lock and was one of the artists out there that commercially had huge numbers. From this one into Urban Legend into Kane, the T.I. versus T.I.P., then Paper Trail, really was a run where T.I. was one of the biggest artists in the game in which each album he seemed to ascend up to a different level up until, of course, his point where he had to be getting his prison stint. But talking about cultural phenomenons, another album came out during this time with The Diplomats, a.k.a. Dipset, with diplomatic immunity <laughs> for those people i would say if you were a fan of dipset you were a fan of dipset and you love their music some people didn't like them as much but you can't deny their impact definitely on the game when diplomatic immunity dropped so those hip-hop albums again not as deep as the list as some of the other ones but you're talking about some big big albums also on that list as well Luda's Chicken and Beer <laughs> another artist that had a big run from the beginning of the decade into most of the decade had a big run luda and ti right there 
Notably, of course, they also had a beef going on between the two of them, but two of them right there, two of the biggest artists within Atlanta and were part of the reason why Atlanta became such a big player in hip hop heading into 2003, 04, and 05. But as far as R&B is concerned, not a deep list as well, but definitely some albums that are worth mentioning. The Queen herself, her debut album, Beyonce, Dangerously in Love, came out in 2003. This was the start, really, of her launching this legendary now career, which she has carved out for herself. It all started 20 years ago, where she sort of went out there and had the Destiny's Child thing sort of in her back pocket. She had her solo album here, and she hasn't looked back since. Alicia Keys and the Diary of Alicia Keys. Man, <laughs> Alicia Keys was big when I was in college, and this album was huge. With you Don't Know My Name and Diary and If I Don't Have You. Man, she was huge. And this album was big. Music, Music Soul Child, a.k.a. Music with Soul Star. This was the third album, really the end of his three album run, as I like to say, where I just want to sing and just listen and Soul Star coming out in 2003. This really capped off a great three album run for him. The songs on this for here with Who Knows and For The Night. It really was the end of one of my favorite artists during this time as Neo Soul was still continuing its strong run into the early 2000s. Speaking of which, we also had Jaw Stone, The Soul Sessions, and Jagged Edge is Hard, which I would say if people who are hardcore Jagged Edge fans probably say that this may be their best album along with J.E. Heartbreak, but R&B-wise, not as deep of the year, but definitely some gems in there all together. So 2003, y'all, man, what a year. What a year overall, and definitely some albums that will be memorable when we talk about, of course, the Get Rich and Dot Trines, the Speaker Box and Love Belows, the Trap Musics, the Black Albums is definitely going to be something that will be memorable as we pull into this year to review them. And we can't wait to get to it. We want to hear all of your feedback and, of course, your memories, your perspectives, your reflections on these albums. Hit us up on social media. Interact with us. We love to continue the conversation. Let's get right into it. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you are visiting us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. There you can learn more about the show, check out our past episodes, join our mailing list, leave a review, or if so inclined, you can leave us a voice note. Click the blue microphone in the bottom right-hand corner to leave us a voice note to let us know what you think about the show or to just show us some love. To support the show, click the coffee cup shaded in yellow in the bottom left-hand corner to access our Buy Me A Coffee page. On Buy Me A Coffee, you can give a small monetary donation to support the show to ensure that we can keep the vault open for many years to come. You can also visit us on social media at Vault Classic Pod on IG, Twitter, and on TikTok. Also hit us on YouTube and our Facebook page. Like and follow us on social media. Subscribe to the pod and the YouTube channel. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary or ordinary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com.